This is Julian Morrow with you on Sunday Extra. Will the national poll on the 14th of October end a Labor Prime Minister's political career? The polls seem to be saying yes ahead of next Saturday's national election in New Zealand, which of course coincides with another refer- with a referendum in Australia on the same day and that has political implications for another and different Labor Prime Minister. In New Zealand, the incumbent Labor Party, which was led by Jacinda Ardern from 2017 until the 20. 5th of January this year, is now led by Chris Hipkins, and it does seem that Labor is likely to lose to a coalition of Conservative parties. New Zealand has a single House of Parliament and a multi-member constituency system. Uh, so what is driving the shift in political sentiment in New Zealand, and what sort of complicated coalition politics might the country be in store for? Luke Malpas is the political editor for Stuff .co.nz and he joins us now on Sunday Extra. Thanks very much for joining us, Luke. Kia ora, good morning, Julian. It's great speaking to you. Uh, a week out from the national poll in New Zealand, how do the polls look? Could you perhaps run us through how the major and key minor parties are shaping up as the uh, as the election nears? Yeah, sure. Thanks. So there's a few there's a few polls in the um, there's, a, there's a few public polls out. Um, New Zealand, as you say, has a system of proportional representation. So basically, there's a you vote for a party, whatever, and you also vote for a local member. But the key one is a party vote, and whatever proportion of the vote um, a party wins, that's what seats they get in Parliament. So nationally, if you get 40% of the vote, you get 40% of the seats in the House, and obviously you need 50% of the seats in the House to form a government. So the um, centre-right National Party, which is about the equivalent of the Liberal Party, they're sort of polling between uh, 36 and 39%, depending on the polls. Uh, Labor is on most polls about 26%, and one poll has them up at about 28 um, You have uh, the left-wing Green Party, which is anywhere between about 10 and 12%. Um, the Free Market Act Party, uh, whose leader has really been the superstar of New Zealand politics the last three years. He's dragged them up from a party of one person to be a party that's around the sort of 10% mark, although they've come off because they were polling up around sort of 14 15%. And then we have um, a little party called New Zealand First, which is run by a guy called Winston Peters, who in each of the last three decades has decided who the government is once. Yes, indeed. And yeah, and um, and so he so essentially how it's shaping up overall as is that, and there's also another party called Te Party Māori, which is the Indigenous Māori Party. Now they might win. We've got specific Māori seats in New Zealand system, so they might win. Uh, they could win up to three of those. They may not win any, but uh, basically the centre left block, um, which essentially um, Labour, Greens, Te Party Māori, they need they they need both. Sorry. Both sides need Winston Peters essentially to win. He will be most likely the kingmaker again. Yes, and both sides seem very, very um, unhappy about that prospect because he's a very difficult politician to, to deal with, I understand. Um, yes, now, yes, look, but, yeah, but, but before we move on to the man who you said has been the superstar of the <laughs> election, the leader of the ACT Party, let's talk Chris's for a mm. second, Luke, because uh, you got a Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, and the leader of the opposition, Christopher Luxon. How have they fared on the campaign trail? Um, certainly in health terms, uh, Chris Hipkins has done uh, less well because he's been uh, had to shelter because of COVID during the campaign. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he's sort of taken a bit of a leaf out of Anthony Albanese's book, you know, took a week <laughs> off for COVID and his polls appear to have stabilised. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> he's pretty happy about things. Um, look, uh, Christopher Luxon's an ex uh, in New Zealand and U- Unilever um, CEO. Um, I mean, to be honest, the base are both kind of decent um, suburban dads, basically, who have done <laughs> done very well um, uh, in life. Neither of them uh, are going to kind of set the world on fire charisma-wise. And, I mean, really, it's a it's a hammer and tongs election over cost of living. I mean, inflation here is now down to 6%, but it was about 7 for a year. I mean, petrol's over, you know, either near or over 3 bucks a litre. You know, it burns every time you go to the supermarket. I mean, sort of cost of, I mean, you know, unemployment's still low, but cost of living and inflation, I think, is really that. And a bunch of, you know, sort of, a lot of government services have really suffered since um, since COVID-19. Mm. And um, and so it's, it's really around those kind of what Prime Minister Chris Hopkins calls bread and butter issues that the election's being fought. And obviously it, that's, those sound like circumstances which typically do assist an opposition uh, who aren't responsible yep. for all those uh, price changes, even if, they're, um, uh, even if they're caused by factors beyond the control of any individual yes, it's government. All, it's all about who's to blame. Yeah, indeed. You know? indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's move on now to the leader of the ACT Party because, as you said, he's been the sort of superstar of New Zealand politics over the last few years. Who is David Seymour and what impact has he had on his party and on national politics in New Zealand? Yeah, so basically David Seymour is, uh, he'd be, how old would he be, 38, 39? Um, He is... He's basically a, a, a pretty nerdy sort of a policy geek who, through sheer work and kind of force of personnel, has turned himself into um, this kind of libertarian... Um, uh, libertarian leader, and over the last um, over the last couple of years, particularly during COVID, I mean, whether you agreed or disagreed with his policies, um, he, he he almost always had something kind of sensible to say uh, from from kind of their point of view. So, really built up X brand and and turned them from. I mean, in the last term of Parliament, he was there was one MP and it was him. And, you know, he's been on Dancing with the Stars and he drives a little, and he flies a little pink aeroplane and he's, he's, a, and he's, and he's been consistently one of the kind of um, funniest um, politicians, but also also just very good with a line. He can deliver mm. a line for, for news like you wouldn't believe. And, uh, and, and he's really dragged the act party, which looked like it was basically dead, um, back to life. And, um, and, you know, he'll, almost certainly play a play a role in the new government. Yeah, so it sounds like they're shaping up as a substantial player in a conservative coalition government, but but yep. not so substantial that they'll be able to form government just with national and that that would lead to the possibility of discussions with Winston Peters and his New Zealand First Party. Uh, I wanted to ask you next about the the tenor of the election campaign because there do seem to have been an unusually high number of reports about incidents of violence and threats during the New Zealand election campaign. What can you tell us about that and how it compares to previous campaigns? Yes, I think uh, I think the whole experience of COVID nineteen has an um, parts of Australia has been pretty scarring in New Zealand. Um, particularly, uh, we had a we had a system of vaccine mandates um, to just under our doon for a, a period of a few months since sort of late twenty twenty one, early twenty twenty two. And in fact, New Zealand's last COVID rules only got lifted, a, you know, a couple of months ago. So um, I think there, there's definitely a, 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 a group in society who are really hacked off about that. They felt their civil liberties were taken away. 
um, and and kind of the uh, sort of undercurrents of um, you know online misinformation, conspiracy theories, and World Economic Forum, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, a lot of that appears to have kind of bubbled over into you know. There's just a lot more. Um, um, there's a lot more kind of threats around, basically. Mm. I guess you'd say. Yeah. yeah. The, the the prime minister Chris Hipkins though has said that he thinks there's been more racism and misogyny in the election than has been seen in previous elections and that there are some parties that are deliberately trying to persecute minorities. Could you perhaps uh, give us a li- little bit more of a sense of the extent to which these this threats and um, abuse on the campaign trail is based in race and gender? Well, I think as far as uh, online abuse and abuse of candidates go, um, definitely women cop it worse. Um, Jacinda Ardern really, really copped it. I mean, she wasn't really a complainer about it, but um, but I mean, some of the stuff she got was was awful. Um, uh, Marty as well. I mean, partly, uh, partly um, Hipkins is also. Um, Obviously, trying to talk his political book. I mean, one of the one of the issues in this particular campaign is around a thing called co-governance, which very, very broadly is um, essentially various arrangements where um, governance of, say, water entities or local rivers or um, or, uh, or institutions are shared between uh, the crown or the local authority and local iwi, which is local the local tribes. Um, uh, there is a debate essentially between left and right, um, in a way not dissimilar to the voice actually, about whether that is an appropriate um, set of institutional arrangements or whether it's basically giving power to an unelected um, Maori elite, which is which is which is most of the kind of lines of the of the right of centre party. So um, it is a little bit of a case of. Uh, I mean, within that, obviously, there's a fair bit that there is racism. There's no doubt about that. But it is also a little bit of kind of one person's dog whistle as another person's, um, you know, legitimate, uh, uh, you know, legitimate political point. I guess you'd say. Uh, the ACT Party has actually proposed a referendum to to rewrite the principles of the Waitangi Treaty for co-governance. Is that a realistic prospect, something that might actually happen in New Zealand under a coalition government with a stronger but not dominant ACT Party? Oh, look, I highly doubt it. Um, I think of their list of things that they would want to to do that would be quite a bit lower down the list uh, in negotiations. However, you know, if they're in a coalition of some description with New Zealand First, New Zealand First isn't too keen on a lot of the the treaty stuff either. So um, so there could definitely be some movement in, in, in that in that place, I mean, we had a at, at the post in Wellington. We had a we had a poll that basically showed that um, that a reasonable kind of majority of New Zealanders would be quite keen on some sort of referendum around co-governance. The issue is, of course, that no one, you know, hardly anyone really knows what what that means, and um, and it, it it is an issue for various reasons that has become more divisive in the last two or three years. I mean. The way I sort of look at it, there's sort of been a detente around race in New Zealand for probably 15 or so years, um, and but it, you, you know the tensions never really went away, and they've and they've come back up at this election. 
We're speaking with Luke Malpas, political editor for Stuff.co.nz, ahead of New Zealand's national election next Saturday, the 14th of October. When are at Gather? There's another election going on in Australia as well. Luke, uh, just to finish up, I'm going to ask you to put your uh, crystal ball uh, gazing hat on and tell us how you think uh, the uh, the coalition politics will happen after next week's election. Do you think that uh, Christopher Luxon will be the new Prime Minister of New Zealand and who will he be in coalition with if so? Yeah, so the key thing is that both Chris Hipkins, Labor, Labor leader, and Winston Peters, New Zealand First Leader, have ruled out working with each other. Now, if you take them both at their word, uh, there is no, there, on current numbers, there is no path to power for Labor. So I would say that Chris Luxon will almost certainly be uh, Prime Minister after the 14th. He'll either be in coalition with just the ACT Party, which is what both them and ACT want, but on more recent polls, more likely they will need to be in some sort of arrangement with New Zealand First as well, which is much more of a kind of a, an old-school conservative economic nationalist sort of a, you know, the 1970s were pretty good times sort of a party. <laughs> although, although, although you did say if politicians stick to what they've pu- publicly said, and certainly in the case of Winston Peters, uh, that would be a break from form, I believe. Oh, well, um, he, uh, he, he'll say anything to get elected and then, um, and then, and then probably do whatever he likes after the election. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I mean, I would, I would think uh, going into coalition with Jacinda Ardern almost killed his party, so I would say that odds of going with Labor are pretty unlikely, but you really do never know. Fascinating stuff. Luke, thanks so much for joining us on Sunday Extra this morning. Yeah, kia ora. Thanks so much, Jenny. That's Luke Malpas, political editor of stuff.co.nz, and New Zealand goes to the polls next Saturday, the 14th of October. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.